Last show of the year. Let's make it count. Live from the BiffNet Studios World Headquarters in Spring, Texas, it's Barry on Deck. Hosted by former ESPN Houston radio host and stand-up comedian, Barry Laminat. Starring Oliver the Cat. Written by Barry Laminat. Produced by Barry Laminat. Directed by, you guessed it, Barry Laminat. Featuring sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminak. What's up, you damn dirty dickheads? Welcome to Barry on Deck. I am your host, Barry Laminak. Thank you guys for being here. Today is Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021, and this is episode number 391. Barry on Deck, as always, Barry on Deck, brought to you by the AP Law Group. Listen, I'm telling you, people out there are crazy. If you've been injured in an accident, don't get taken advantage of. Get the AP Law Group on your side, man. They will fight for every dime, dollar, and uh, reward you have coming to you. 713-913-GO-AP or log on to APLawGroup.com. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the show. The final show. Good afternoon, Stephen Luther. The final show of 2021 this is it my screen's dirty there this is it we are done for the year i am looking forward to this but i feel like i still have a lot of work to do i almost feel like i'm just taking this vacation time off so that i can get shit done that i've needed to get done and and will need to get done following the streamathon and everything else there will be some planning uh going into 2022 Honestly, don't know how much time I'm going to actually get off. What I might do is take like the rest of the week off and then all next week just hit it and get everything I need to get done. But we'll see. Um, could be the final show forever. What is that? You never know. Sneaky meteors. <laughs> okay. Well, that's true. This could be it. This t- could totally be it. Hey, I got to say this and I'm not, I'm not saying this to put anything out there like sneaky or anything. I guess is the word I would use, but I always try to acknowledge the $5 Fridays that you guys send me. And I cannot for the love of everything. Holy someone sent me a five. It was either Uriel Villanueva, Alex Villanueva or truck driver Pookie. It was one of the three and I cannot find what it was. I'm like, Jen, did you maybe accidentally delete a transaction in either the Venmo or the, the PayPal, because I can't find what they sent. But somebody said it's Wednesday, the last show of the year. I can't find it, and I'm super sorry because I wanted to read it and acknowledge it. And uh, I don't know what the hell happened to it. Like, it is gone out of my transactions. So, uh, whoever it was, I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, and just know that uh, it's, it's, uh, it's much appreciated for sure. Okay. Let's do this. We got a lot to get to. We've got lawn talk today because we're not having a Friday show. It's a Whisker Wednesday. We're still doing that. Uh, we got some sports to talk about. And look, it is it is a uh, what's it called? I'm gonna get rid of all these. I don't need this anymore. That's all streamathon jazz, streamathon nonsense. 
Uh, where did my A-M-A-A-A-A-A go? There we go. It's an Ask Me Anything About Anything day. This last show of the year. Check Osteen's wall. Alex, buddy, I lost your message. I mean, I read it. I, I don't remember it verbatim, but I really do appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, Alex. You are one of a kind. By the way, Alex, out there in uh, Joe Pro, thank you for the $6.37, buddy. Weird Dollar Wednesday. <laughs> Joe Pro is making up a, <laughs> just making up a new random wits. Weird Dollar Wednesday, $6.37. That's a... I feel like this is like a shopping thing on the Price is Right. How much would this pack of noodles go for? Oh, uh, I'm going to say $6.37, Bob. I'm sorry. It was $8.43. That seems like a lot for noodles, by the way, right? Seems like a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Joe Pro. I appreciate you, buddy, so much. Um, I got to give, I got to show love to Alex Villanueva as well. Let's all laugh at Alex together. Let's all be judgy. Oh, I'm doing it, Alex. I know you didn't want this. <laughs> Tough shit. This is what Alex, Alex is at the Dan Seafood and Wings on Uvalde today. Look what he got. Hey, Alex, save some for the rest of us, you fat son of a bitch. Why are you eating all the food, bro? Look at all the food he got. I mean, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. Good Lord. You got a salad and wings. Okay, a grilled chicken salad and wings at Dan's? First of all, that's a lot of food. Second of all, what a weird combination. <laughs> he said, you raggedy son of a bitch. You knew I was, you had to know. You had to know I was going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> it's throw you under the bus Wednesday. Okay, I'm just, we're just making up random Wednesdays. What Wednesday should it be for everybody in the chat? Joe Pro started Weird Dollar Wednesday. I'm going with uh, Throw You Under the Bus Wednesday. I know that should be Thursday, guys. That's the joke, okay? Assholes. Um, somebody wants me to do a shot already. I don't. We're going to do shots for sure. I don't know that you're going to see Drunk Berry today, but we're definitely doing shots because I've got to write a TV show that we're shooting tomorrow. So I got jokes to write. My writers are all on strike right now. Um, Joe Pro said, pro move, order too much, take some home. Bro, I I eat everything in front of my face. That's just how that goes. Danny Dan said, I know I have ordered that much food before, so I can't hate. <laughs> CZ said, BRB, don't say anything. Okay. Do we know how long she's going to be? Justin said, wet and wild Wednesday. Oh, ba oh baby. Uh, all right, let's get to it. We got a lot to do. We'll, uh, um, good times ahead. Let's get to the greatest decade in the history of the world. And I'm not even going to say for the next two hours, because you know what? Let's just go ahead and crown it. Let's just go ahead. Shelby's the greatest decade in the history of the world for the rest of the year. You can have it. You win it on the last show of the year, Shelby. It's yours for the rest of the year, you guys. Shelby. I need to make these applauses longer. I need to just have it looped. Shelby's the greatest decade in the history of the world for the next 12 days. Day 10? 9 days? Christy, how are you, sweetie? Oh, it's Wet Your Whistle Wednesday. There you go. I'll do that. She did it for the decades. That's right. She did it for the nookie. No, that's a song from... Who was that? I did it for the nookie. Was that uh, Red Hat, Fred Durst? Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. What was the name of that group? 
What was the name of the band Fred Durst was in? I don't know what it was. Uh, nonetheless, Shelby's the greatest deckhead in the history of the world for the rest of the 2021 season. This isn't a season. Thank you to everybody that got in early. Rest of the chat already popping off. Jeremy Binniger was second. I dig that. Uh, Joe Pro was third. What's up, famo? D-Mata tried to Congo block. That didn't work. Uh, but I appreciate you being here early. Philip Bernard in the building. What's up, homie? Man, I know you GTSS, buddy, but we're praying for you and rooting for you. Dandy Dan is here. Last BOD of 2021. Had to show up early. Well, we appreciate that. Zoom out. We appreciate that, man. Thank you. Uh, truck driver Pookie got in early. Mr. 1% Chris Reyes is here. Also on the Podbean. You can listen live. Limp B. What? Oh, Limp Biscuit. That's right. It was Limp Biscuit, Keith Sager. Good looking out over there on the Podbean side of things. We got four folks listening over on. That's too close. That monitor is too close. Got Keith, truck driver. No, no. I'm sorry. We have uh, three people listening. Keith, Titan Hugo, and Chris Reyes are all listening on Podbean, um, which, you know, if you just want to listen live, you can do that. Uh, Justin Swinford is here. Fidel is here. AJB in the building. What's up, man? I dig it. Putting out all of the, uh, uh, you're going to use all your uh, emojis. You're going to use them all up. Um, who else is here? Hey, Andrew Clay is back. Two days in a row. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, I hope you have a great holidays, Andrew. I really do uh, appreciate you still being here, man. Uh, he said, I swear getting here first is impossible. I'm convinced Shelby puts the stream up. I'm here hitting refresh for 25 minutes. I lose it every time I try. Dude, I don't even get first. You're right. Shelby gets first before I'm here. Come on. That's just how it goes. Uh, Alex Villanueva's here. Keith Sager's here. John Dory, what's up, homie? Uh, Uriel Cisco, hi from high. Said, catch the replay. Love you. Love you all. Love you too, buddy. Uh, Shelby is first because she never leaves. She's a one with the show. That's probably true. Probably true. Sandoval, he said, what's up, family? Uh, well, familia. Sorry, I, I whited that shit up. What up, Walt? Jeremy Benegar's here. Uh, Eric Resendez, good to have you here. Uh, homie Cece is here. Lisa! Uh, who else? Steven Luther. Tony Garza, you handsome son of a bitch. Who else is in here? Uh, I think I got everybody. Do, 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 yeah. Um, no, there's House. What's up, Housey? Good to see you, buddy. Thank you for being here. I think I mentioned Dandy Dan. Uh, Christy got Christy, so we're good. I think everybody's in. I think I've uh, I think I've ran through the chat. What's up, Ray? Good to see you. Uh, GTSS. Hope you get to feeling better, buddy. Uh, Christy got okay. We're good to go. Conspiracy confirmed. No, there's no there's no conspiracy. There's no there's no conspiracy. Uh, all right, let's get to. Oh, we got so much. Let's uh let's do, let's do the headlines. All right, here's your sports headlines for the day. Carlos Correa and the clubs are said to have, quote, mutual interest. Mutual interest in each other. Well, no shit. Correa is going to have mutual interest in anybody with deep pockets and, an, and a blank check. Yeah, of course. Carlos Correa has interest in anyone that has interest in him and wants to negotiate. The weird thing about this is, is this is coming out during the lockout. I thought teams weren't allowed to negotiate. I thought players and teams couldn't be talking right now. But this is coming out, so it makes me feel like they might be, 
they might be talking uh, already. I think there might be some. I think there might be some violations going on. I think we need to check that out. What is this? Why is my phone just randomly going off? Hey Google, go fuck yourself. Leave me. Leave me alone. That's super weird. Yeah, I don't understand what that was about. That was super weird. Uh, hey. Dave, PP Dubs, man. Thank you for the $10, $5 Wednesday. Whatever. Happy holidays, he said. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, so, Correa and the Cubs have mutual interests. Again, no shit. Cubs could use a shortstop. Correa could use a bag. So, uh, he yes, and you're right, uh, Heartthrob. He absolutely... Marcus Stroman was absolutely on Twitter uh, trying to recruit Carlos Correa. So we'll see. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting proposition to say the least to go play for the Cubs. Not the same Cubs that, that we saw win a World Series a while back, though. Let's be honest about that, Philip. Uh, NBA has told teams that Christmas game times may shift if COVID-19 forces changes. Listen, a lot of COVID-19 discussions and issues going on in sports right now. Sports is just a, a microcosm of society. And right now we're dealing with surges. We're dealing with, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're dealing with a wave, a, a fourth wave. And it, and it, you know, Thanksgiving had a lot to do with that and the holidays and people are out shopping and, we're just back into another surge of COVID. And this time around, it seems to be really hammering the leagues again because it, whether their policies from COVID relaxed or the players didn't pay attention and didn't follow the rules when they weren't in the arena, I don't know what it is, but it's not just affecting NBA. And, and you'll see that and, and throughout the rest of the week as well. But uh, so, yeah, the NBA has said, look, be fluid because the times may change. Leonard Fournette is likely going to head to the IR, which means the Tampa Bay Bucks have signed Le'Veon Bell to replace him. So now they're just uh, they're just a big bin away from just the, being the Tampa Bay Steelers. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I like my chances with Brady over over uh, Big Ben, anyways. But pretty interesting. They get a they get a backup running back. Tyreek Hill is among a plethora of Chiefs players that have hit the COVID list. And, and it's like I said, it's running rampant through all sports. The NHL, they're, they're not even sending players to the, uh, to the Olympics because of COVID, if I understand correctly. They're not sending pro players to the Olympics because of COVID. So it's, pretty, it's, getting, it's getting crazy in these, in these uh, sports streets with COVID, man, for real. So... Tyreek Hill is on the list of COVID uh, players. He's out. So if you have fantasy, you need to plan accordingly there. Jets head coach Robert Sala tested positive for COVID. He's among 15 Jets that are out due to COVID-19. Cole Beasley is out, tested positive for COVID. And Cole Beasley is pissed about it. Cole Beasley came out and said, COVID's not preventing me from playing. The rules are. Not only is this, now look, I'm not going to get political. I'm just going to tell you this is a reckless, dangerous, and stupid mindset. It's stupid. So Cole Beasley, if he could, Cole Beasley would run his dumb ass out on the field and give everybody COVID. And, then he, and in the same breath, in the same interview, he said, I'm catching a lot of heat 
But one of my players, one of my teammates who's vaccinated and in the hospital with COVID isn't getting the same heat. Bro, are you hearing yourself? You literally have a teammate that has been vaccinated and is still hospitalized. That's how bad this shit is. And you think it would be okay to just go on the field and just <laughs> do your stupid ass white boy cough over everybody and get people sick? You're a fucking moron, Cole Beasley. You're a fucking idiot. Shut the fuck up, dude. Go get vaccinated or don't play. Those are the rules. You get COVID, sit out. That's the rules. Like, I don't understand this. I really don't. And I don't care what your political leanings are. I don't give a shit. This has nothing to do with politics. If you've made it about politics, that's on you. This is about humanity. This is about, I mean, look, if we get flu shots, get a fucking COVID shot. It's stupid. And then you get dumb fucks like this that have a platform and a voice It'll make you think that it's okay to not get vaccinated and be around people. Look, if you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. But wear your fucking mask and don't go around people if you feel sick. It's that simple. I mean, of course, I judge you if you don't get vaccinated. I do. I do. I have family members that aren't vaccinated. In fact, you must know because you asked. No, you didn't. I skipped a Christmas uh, Sunday because... I had family that invited us over that wasn't vaccinated. And I said, no, we're not going to go. I mean, that's like just, I don't know. I don't understand these, these sports guys and their, their stupidity. I really don't. Like you, you think that it's a rule. That would be like saying, oh, well, if you have the flu, you can go play. Since everybody wants to compare this to the flu, even though it's, you know, more deadly. And the funny thing is, is that a guy like Cole Beasley, um, how to put this, a guy like Cole Beasley won't, um, I don't know how to put this right. Yeah, I know what, let's just skip it. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get into this. I texted my ex this morning. That I'm glad she's not vaccinated. Does that count? No. No, that doesn't count, Rev. I'm trying not to get this too far off the rails. What's up, B-Mark? Good to see you, buddy. Uh, COVID is part of it. NHL has been talking about boycotting the Olympics for a while. COVID just sealed the deal. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, And it is getting bad in sports. Aggies are going to miss the Gator Bowl because of it, which is a thing. And I have, uh, where'd it go? Look at this. Look, look, you look at this. Uh, Ross Dellinger tweeted out that because of COVID, because of a COVID outbreak, A&M is unable to play in the Gator Bowl. That's at least according to what sources are telling SI now. Aggies don't have enough available players. You have to have something like 40 players on your uh, roster uh, to play. So Gator Bowl is searching for a replacement bowl team. But the only way that's possible is if another bowl is impacted. So now the Gator Bowl is basically rooting for other teams. What's up, Truck Driver Pookie on the uh, Podbean? Uh, they're basically rooting for other teams to bow out of a bowl so they can get a bowl team. Now, there's more to this story. Um, on this tweet thread from Ross Dellinger. Move this over here. I don't like looking that way. I need to be more over here. See? Okay. Well, that's a, that's a weird thing. Um... So according to Ross Dellinger, if a bowl is not played, teams don't receive the payout. 
The Gator Bowl payout is $5.35 million. There are no possibilities of a replacement like last year. This is why the Gator Bowl needs another team to drop out. The thread goes on to say, and all Texas A&M University is down to 42 scholarship players. I'm sorry, they needed 55. 13 below the SEC 2020 minimum to play a game. And then some dude named Bjork, which sounds like a, a Swedish band. Some dude named Bjork said, quote, there is rhetoric about quit testing asymptomatic people. But he said, no one has said it's a common cold yet. We're not there yet. So that is to do with the, uh, with the Gator Bowl and the pandemic and all the shit that's going on. I got to be honest. I'm so sick of all of this COVID ass shit. I'm just like, God, just, I think this is why I get so mad that people won't get vaccinated. It's, it has, again, politics be damn. I just want to, I just want this to go away. And really and truly, the only way that that happens is if everybody's vaccinated. God! Drives me nuts. Um, Tony said, I don't know how bowl eligibility works, but give you a Tia call. They will draw eyeballs. Yeah, you got to at least win six games to be bowl eligible. And I think once the once the list is made, those are the bowl teams. I don't think you can add bowl folk. I don't think you can add teams to the bowl roster. If I'm not, what, what, what was Texas University? What was their... What was their uh, record this year? Let's see. Let's go to ESPN. Once again, I need to bring this over here. Too much. Let's see. NCAA standings. Uh, Three and six. See, so they're not even bowl eligible. I'm pretty sure every team that was bowl eligible got a bowl. I wonder how they do that if there's an odd number. Like, if there's one team that's not bowl, I guess not every team makes it. Uh, I'm going through the list here. UCLA, Arizona State. Yeah, see, all these teams have bowl games. Um, God, there was only... You know, for all the talk about... Oh, no. Okay, let's see. One, two, three, four. Oh, so that was conference. My bad. I'm looking over here at conference. I need to be looking at overall. Yeah, okay. Wyoming, Hawaii got a bowl already. Every team in the SEC is bowl eligible except Vanderbilt. That's insane. That's insane. Um, only one team in the Sun Belt West was bowl eligible. Uh, boy. Yeah, so I guess you'd have to just go with bowl eligible teams maybe that aren't in a bowl and see if you could add them in, but... Uh, UT, where was it? I read it wrong. I was looking at the wrong. They were five and seven, not three and six. They were overall five and seven. Three and six in conference. God damn. My, how the mighty have fallen. Texas, TCU, and Tech were all three and six in the Big 12. Yeesh. That's pretty bad. Uh, Philip Barnard said, I'm getting my booster today. Good. Good for you, buddy. Glad to hear that. So, yeah, COVID just going crazy. Running rampant, running uh, nuts through the uh, through sports, and that's part of the frustration for me. One because my wife works in healthcare, and so I see you know she comes home with the stories, and um, it the, the crazy thing is is that 
there are a lot of people in healthcare that don't want to get vaccinated or want to get their kids vaccinated. And she's like, well, those people also weren't on the front lines at one point and didn't see. There was one. This is I don't know if I can. No, I can't tell the stories. I can't do it. I'm not allowed. Uh, but just know that, boy, there are there are some heartbreaking stories out there around this. So do yourself a favor. Do the people around you. Consider getting vaccinated. And and again, I've said this before. It, even if you if you, you know. If you're tied to a political party or belief that doesn't want you to get vaccinated, just do it on the down low and don't tell anybody. Just, just go get vaccinated. You ain't got to tell nobody. It ain't nobody business. You can still be an anti-vaxxer if you want to out loud. Just do it on the down low. Uh, Cilio said a nurse a friend of mine made up a religious exemption to avoid vaccination. Oh, boy. Uh, so, so things are getting bad. And I mentioned the the um, basketball. So the the NBA actually has gone so far because of this has gone so far as to allow short term exemptions for players. So they've agreed to allow short uh, teams that are short handed because of COVID nineteen um, issues to sign replacement players. So they don't have to be in the G League. They don't have to be, uh, you know, on a. You can just go out and get a ten day hardship, basically, or I think it was uh, two weeks. It says the amended rules were outlined in a memo that went into effect Sunday night. Let's see. Additional replacement players for teams dealing with players entering the league's health and safety protocol. Under the agreement, a team will be allowed to sign a replacement player for each positive COVID nineteen case that crops up across its roster. So if a team has five positive COVID-19 cases, for example, it could sign five replacement players. Meanwhile, teams will have to sign at least one replacement player if they have two positive COVID cases, at least two if they have three positive cases, and at least three if they have four or more positive cases. So they're trying to keep the roster up and, and, and paychecks flowing. It's And because I think one of the things that you worry about is, well, owners might be like, well, I mean, if we lose three guys, I ain't got to pay them. I'm not paying extra. So they're saying, no, you've got to sign some folks. And yes, you can sign whoever you want. And there are already names of players being floated about that might be coming back. I mean, it feels like we're about to be living in a Disney movie, right? Like Lil Bow Wow's going to be a Brooklyn Net or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Um... Margie said political parties are lying. Marjorie Green or whatever the fuck her name is is prominent anti-vax her own stock in three major vax companies. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Uh, Justin says some about to sign Adam Sandler if that's the case. Yeah, right? Lil Bow Wow, Adam Sandler, Snoop Dogg, Master P. Can't wait. Uh, D. Mata said CBS interviewed people dying from COVID on their deathbed who weren't vaccinated so they don't regret not getting the shot. It's crazy. Oh, my God. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, so the NBA is basically bringing in replacement players. And there was an article. I, I didn't see it, but uh, they're already. Oh. So Matt, the Mavs Luka Doncic is in protocols before Christmas. Uh, where did it go? Nets, Trailblazers, Raptors, Bulls games postponed over player shortages. 
How is there a player shortage, especially with the new rules? Like, how are you not signing rando players to play? This is bad. And what you what's scary is I, I hope I hope the Nets had ten players in the league's health and safety protocol. The scary thing is this. What's up, Drew? I saw that Bishop Sycamore to the Gator Bowl. The scary thing is this. So you have these health and safety protocols in place for a reason. Protect the players, protect the personnel, protect everybody, right? The concern is, what happens when the league starts to lose money again? Any league, NBA, NFL, you're seeing bowl games. The concern that I have is that Adam Silver in the NBA goes, well, maybe we should just relax the protocol. What? It was like okay to make the protocol when everything seemed like it was trending in the right direction. But now that we're in a dip and we knew we would be in this dip because of winter and everybody being indoors and the holidays and travel and everything. We knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. I don't think we could have predicted uh, the outbreak in sports. But we knew there was going to be an uptick in, in positive cases. So I think the concern becomes, I hope that these sports leagues don't try to relax their their health and safety protocol and measures in order to just make sure that they can play games and make money. I, I just hope that's not the case. Um, Lisa said, outdoing deliveries today. I often wonder why the cell service in League City sucks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's too like your carrier and, um, and, and, uh, hold on. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I think it's like your carrier and the part of town, because I know like up here, I got shitty cell service in my house. I have AT&T. I got to use Wi-Fi or I ain't getting cell service. So it's all over. Um, I just remember Aaron Carter dude beat Shaq as a kid. No, we're not. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, Space Jam 3 with Bow Wow. Shut up, Philip. No one no one wants to see little Bow Wow in Space Jam. No one wants to see Space Jam. I watched. Okay, well, let's get away from sports for a second. We're going to get back to the Basketball Hall of Fame in a second. I have really been uh, trying to watch more shows late at night. I mean, I've already stay up late. And for some reason, I'm on these music documentary kicks. And, um, I mean, I've, I've watched a bunch of them and then I watched, uh, the one on the, the, uh, amazing, uh, bongo. What is it? It's a, they made the song Apache amazing bongo band. Bongo. What was it called? The incredible bongo band. That's what it was. It was pretty fascinating because they're really the, they give them the credit for being kind of the 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 sampled song that launched the hip hop revolution that launched the hip hop because uh, DJ Cool Hurt got that record in a discount bin, found Apache, found the break, and used it at the rec center at the rec room on at, on Sedgwick Ave, and uh, the rest is history. And that was like the beat, like everybody. So really good. Uh, that was on Netflix, I think. But here's what I'm geeked up for. So tonight, if I get all my writing done, and maybe maybe this weekend, if I don't get it done tonight, 
the Matrix drops on HBO, whichever the fourth Matrix is. And I don't remember. I have a terrible memory. So um, I'm going to sit down this weekend probably, maybe early next week at night. I don't know. But I'm going to watch all four Matrixes, all four Matrix movies. Something to do. Spider-Man, I don't really give a shit about. I don't think I'm going to see it unless it comes to Disney Plus or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I've been on a movie binge and a movie kick lately. Oh, also, just if you're looking for some comedy, Dusty Slay. Is, so the Netflix does a thing called the Netflix. Netflix does has a series called The Stand-Ups. And I think they're on season two or three. But Dusty Slay is a part of this current season that dropped yesterday on Netflix. So make sure you check that out for sure. Um, Fidel said, I've never seen any Matrix movies. Well, now's your chance, bub. Now's your, is yeah, Matrixes, Matri, Matrices, Matrixes. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. I don't know the plural. It's a gaggle of matrixes. I don't know. Um, Fidel, they're really good. They're they're good. They're uh, I I mean I'm not a like a geek about it, but it's a cool it's a cool little watch. I don't I don't really don't remember any of them to be honest with you. I, I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you a scene from the first, second, or third Matrix. I think the only scene I remember is like the dodging bullets scene. I mean, it was like that was it. I don't even know the significance of the red bill, pill or the blue pill. I don't know. Don't at me, hoes. Uh, Demona said, I think the third Matrix is the best one. Yeah, I'd take your word for it. I'll let you know next week or when we come back. I smell a movie club in Brooks. Let's go. A movie club would be kind of fun, right? Like a book club. We could do a movie club. Uh, although I feel like guys like Demata would try to be bringing porn into the movie club. And it's like, no, no, Demata. Don't make it weird. But he said Spider-Man is badass. I just don't care. I've never been into the Spider-Man franchise that much. I mean, I watch them just because I'm trying to keep up with the Marvel Cinematic Nerdiverse. But if I didn't have to watch them to keep up with that shit, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't care. If I'm just being honest. It's just like, uh, I don't know. That one's not my thing, I guess. Um... So I'm in if we do a movie club. So how would we do a movie club? What would we do? What would it be? Um, Drew said, I'm waiting to watch the fourth Matrix on Friday. There you go, buddy. So how, what do you, what do you like? So a book club is, okay, everybody read this book. And then we're all going to get together and talk about it. And like, so Cheryl, what did you think of the book? Steel Magnolias. I just thought it was amazing. Sissy was so brave. The way she told Bobby to go fuck himself. <laughs> Girl power. I don't know how he like, I'm just so Peter Parker is just so brave. The way he spins his webs and flies through the air. Uh, Demata said he wouldn't make the movie club weird, but he might talk about young lady Chatterley. Okay. Fatel said, Barry, we have a Discord channel. They should join the Patreon and the Discord. Stop screaming at me, Fidel. I'm aware of that, but that's not the same thing as a movie club, okay? 
It's just a Discord channel to talk about movies. It's not the same. I don't think so. Do we have a book channel on the Discord? Do we need one? I know Sydney's a big reader. I know we got some more book nerds in here. Reading is for stupids, just so we're clear. Movie night at Barry's. You know, that's not a bad idea. I wouldn't mind doing like a deckhead movie night somewhere at like Alamo Theater or something like that. That would be kind of dope, right? That would be a dope outing for 2022. Jen, let's do a movie outing in 2022. Uh, Patreon only movie outing. Be kind of cool. I'm gonna write that down. Movie night out with the dickheads. Twenty twenty two. Got it. I like it. No, not at my house though, Alex. Definitely not at my house. Uh, some of you are anti-vaxxers, and you're not coming to my house like that. Ugh. Um, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of movies. I've, I I want to start reading books next year. Reading is just such a, I don't know. It seems like such a time suck. And I'm like, eh. I, I like books on tape. I'm listening to a book right now called Grit. It's okay. It just talks about like stick-to-itiveness, something I really need right now. It just talks about like most people that uh, have, are, are gritty. Are the ones that succeed. And I'm like, okay, I gotta be gritty. <sighs> it's hard to be gritty. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll read a, I'm gonna try to read one book a month. That would be huge for me. Some of you nerds read one book a week. What? Some of you nerds reading books in a couple days. That's true. Joe Pro said you don't have time for reading. Who are you kidding? Well, Joe Pro, one of the things I'm going to have to do. So somebody had asked Barry, are you going to tell us what you're going to do over your vacation? And so I think now is as good a time of any as any. Um, so one of the big things I'm going to do is to try to map out 2022 for my career, my stand up career which I want to record my album and get it released in 2022. I have the goal of getting into five new clubs that I've never worked in 2022. Um, I'm going to try to do more networking in 2022, but also I have to plan out what I'm going to do with this show uh, for 2022, how I'm going to grow this show, what changes are going to occur on this show. I don't think that this show is going to just continue to operate as is. I've already discussed moving it to Twitch, changing the hours, maybe modifying the format some. All of that is on the table and I've got to figure that out. You know, I'm going to have to, to, to map this out. And a lot of it's going to be trial and error. But that's what the next 10 days is going to be for. I mean, some of it's going to be relaxed, but... I mean, I've already started like, all right, marketing, you know, what am I going to do? And and not just this show, I've got to think about and plan Sports Riot and my comedy career. So, yeah, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I like setting goals and just putting shit out in the universe um, and then trying to come up with some ideas on how I'm going to accomplish those goals. And sometimes you find... Just putting shit out in the universe, it takes care of itself. 
I mean, you can't just like, all right, I want to be, I want my own Netflix special. And then never do anything in comedy. Um, you know, you got to do some work. But, And it's funny how the universe works, too. I'll give you an example of this. Uh, as a young comic, and well, as a newer comic coming up, you learn that credits are important in the comedy game. That's how you get booked, just so you're clear. Uh, most club owners want you to have some sort of credit. Now, that is morphing. Now, club owners want you to have a social media presence. They want to see you have a lot of followers on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. So, uh, but when I was coming up, it was still credits. And by credits, I mean TVs, movies, whatever, writing credits. So I was always putting it out in the universe. I want a TV credit. Now that I'm headlining, I need a TV credit. I want a TV credit. I want to be able to say I have a TV credit. And then it dawned on me. Last year, I do have a TV credit. And I kept putting that out in the universe as a goal because I never felt like I was on Conan or, you know, when I'm saying TV credit, it meant doing Conan or Jimmy Kimmel or um, something like that. That was going to be considered a TV credit or maybe getting Netflix or whatever. The crazy thing is, is that for... Most of the year, I never realized I really kind of do have a TV credit because I'm, I do Barry on sports on the Houston sports show. The Houston sports show was on KPRC for a year and a half and has been on CW 39 for almost a year now. So two plus years of being on TV here in Houston. So you got to be careful what you wish for. And you got to be specific when you put it out in the universe. Cause the universe said, Oh, you want a TV credit? Well, here you go. Houston Sports Show, that's a TV credit. So the universe gave me what I asked for, believe it or not. Well, Jerome Solomon did too, but also the universe. Don't you hate that? There's nothing worse than when like a doctor saves somebody's life and they thank God, not the doctor. (laughs) It's like, come on, bro. God didn't operate on you. The doctor did. Shit. Well, that's like me giving the universe credit for Jerome Solomon asking me to do the show. The point is, be specific in your goals. Be specific in what you want. If you, you know, you can't just be like, I want to be rich. Because rich to rich compared to where you're at might just be, you know, a couple thousand dollars more a year. I want to make my first million by the time I'm 40. That's specific for the universe. Right? So that's the one thing I learned is have goals, but be specific about your goals. So be setting my goals for 2022, be putting my plan in place. No Joe bro. Selena is not a credit. That's not a, that's not a credit. Yeah. You may have seen this guy's butt in Selena where he was a SWAT officer. I, I think I want to do a vision board, Dandy Dan. If I do a vision board, I want to put it like over here somewhere. Maybe I'll put the vision board right here. And I'll move the BOD over here because the Christmas tree will be gone. So, yeah, maybe I'm going to probably clean all this up back here for, for 2022 as well. It's a little junky. It's a little too much. Went overboard a little. And it needs to be lit up. I don't. I, I like the darkness and the offset, but I need to light it up back there. So we're going we're gonna to fix that, hopefully, in time. Way too much shit to do, that's for sure. So that's what I'm going to be doing over my vacation. 
planning my 2022 for comedy, planning 2022 for this show. Um, I already put it out there about, hey, if I were to niche down this show and not just be general sports and entertainment, um, what niche would you have expected if I were to be like, hey, guys, I'm talking golf. Would you be like, what the fuck? Or, yeah, that makes sense. So I asked that question on Twitter if you want to go at Barry is funny on Twitter. If you want to give me your uh, input and feedback, what you think, if I were to niche down, not just this show, if I did a different show that was uh, more of a weekly podcast on a particular topic. Um, because then talking to Donnie Houston, I've been on that for a second. Yes, golf. No, VB, I'm not a golf guy. Uh, but talking to Donnie Houston about niching down and stuff like that, that's been a conversation I've had with several creators. And it's also something you hear a lot. You, you know, and you see it. It's true. There's sports is the sports is the is cool, but sports isn't a niche. Like it's a it's a it's a category. But when you see guys that do an Astros podcast or an Astros show, that's niching down. You could call it burial and green. Yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely calling it uh, a hole in one. One one in the hole? No. Okay. I don't know what I would call it. Barry on green. Well, somebody Joel said Joel said I should do a, a a lawn care. I was like, what? Okay, that's not a bad that's not a bad thing. So speaking of that, uh, let's do this. So Virginia Buttonweed, uh, CC said, okay, I'm back. Please continue. Golf. No, 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 no golf talk. Lawn talk, CC, just in time. You're <laughs> just in time for lawn talk. Nobody hates lawn talk more than CC. And as soon as she comes back, I hit her with lawn talk. I love you, CC. Don't leave. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, so. On the Discord, by the way, if you're not a member of the Discord, you can join and support the show. Go to patreon.com forward slash Barry on deck. It's super easy. Patreon.com forward slash Barry on deck. You can support me. You can support the show for as little as $5 a month. Some of you have been kind enough to $20 a month, $23 a month. Uh, totally unnecessary, but 100% appreciated. So if you want to support the show in 2022, it's a great way to do it, and you can pay yearly, and you'll get a 10% discount. So instead of having to remember every month to get your $5 in, and it auto-charges your credit card, and then that thing gets stolen or expires, and then you lose your access because you forgot to update your card, save 10% for the year, uh, pay for the year, you're good to go. It's that simple. And, uh, and it, of course, it's appreciated. Patreon.com forward slash Barry on deck. So on the Patreon, on the Discord, excuse me, we have a Lawn Talk channel, just like we have a movie channel. What's up, Josh Strohs? What's up, fam? Merry Christmas to you, buddy. Just about to do a little lawn talk here uh, before we get into some more sports. I've got, we still need to uh, discuss the Basketball Hall of Fame, which we'll get into, which I know Josh Strohs, you're an Astros guy, but uh, yeah, we're going to get to that as well. But I want to get to this lawn talk question that Virginia Buttonweed had. I think it's a pretty good question. Uh, and Wallace, I see yours. I'm going to add that to the queue. If you have a question, just put hashtag lawn talk in the chat and I'll get to it. So here was Virginia Buttonweed's question. I've winterized, but have lots of weeds spreading. 
Do I just wait until after winter or is there something to put down? All sorts of different crap growing. This is a great question, Virginia Buttonweed. And a lot of you guys with your lawns may be seeing a lot of weeds. And the reason you're seeing a lot of weeds is because it's been so hot all winter. Like we're going to see 81 to 83 on Christmas. That's ridiculous. There's no reason for that. By now... By now, your lawn should have experienced its first freeze and gone dormant for the rest of the winter. But it hasn't. It's still growing. It's confused right now. But more so, the weeds are thriving because of the warm weather and the rain. What's up, Keith? I know you're here for the lawn talk. And I do think that every every time we get warm weather in the winter, Tony, I'm like, oh, this is global warming. And then, you know, we get weird temperatures the following year and that disproves that it's not global warming necessarily. What's up, Josh? Excuse me for burping. That was rude. That Diet Coke on me. Hey, man. Good to see you, buddy. Happy hump day to you as well, Josh. So, Virginia Buttonweed, the answer is pretty simple. And I want to point something out here. There's a flaw in your question. And I'm not trying to be a dick. But this is important because I think you guys might be thinking of the wrong thing when you talk about winterizing. All right? So Virginia Buttonweed says, I've winterized, but I have lots of wheat. Two completely different things, VB. Two completely different things. So all winterizing really is, is putting out a slow release fertilizer in the fall and then not fertilizing again until spring. But that slow release fertilizer lasts longer through the winter and releases the nutrients slower into the soil for the lawn so that even though it's dormant, it's still getting fed. And once it's dormant, it doesn't need as much fertilizer. So this is why you winterize your lawn by putting out a slow-release fertilizer near the end of fall. Has nothing to do with weeds. That should have been done also when you winterize, but you should have put out a pre-emergent herbicide. Now, to be honest with you, if you're having weeds now, it's because you didn't do a pre-emergent herbicide back in June or July. I'd have to go look at the schedule that Randy Lemon has. So the, the, the point is, is weeds that you have now aren't prevented now. The, the, the pre-emergent herbicide that you did. Okay. So VB said, I just, I did do a pre-emergent herbicide. That's for the spring. The thing about pre-emergent herbicides is that you have to have the timing right for seed germination. If you don't get them out before the seeds germinate, you're going to have weeds uh, in the fall if it's the spring and if it's the fall slash winter you're going to have weeds in the spring so good for you you did your pre-emergent herbicide i did not i forgot to do it so i'm screwed come spring i'm going to have a shit ton of weeds to fight but what you can do now vb since you did do your pre-emergent herbicide is go outside and put out some Weed Beater Ultra, and it's fine right now. Now, here's the important thing about Weed Beater Ultra. It's made by Bonide, and it is absolutely amazing. It is absolutely amazing for killing weeds, uh, and it works on uh, all types of broadleaf weeds. But you have to be very careful about when you use it because because it is temperature sensitive. If it, I want to say on the bottle, it says over 85 degrees. If it's if the high temperature for the day is over 85, don't use Weed Beater Ultra. But right now in the winter and in the fall is a perfect time to use Weed Beater Ultra all the way through the spring. About May, about, about April, end of April, beginning of May is when you have to really be careful. 
but from November through March, it's a great time to go kill those weeds. Because, folks, just like with fungus, weeds don't just go away because they freeze in the winter. They're going to come back. Those seeds will germinate and lay dormant and then come back again. So put out your herbicide, kill the weeds you do have that are growing now. And then in spring, you'll be in much better shape. Now, you probably have to treat it again. Make sure you read the instructions. If it tells you to treat once and then treat again in 14 days, got to make sure you do that, VB. That's where a lot of folks fail is they don't read the instructions. They just put out a uh, an antifungal or they'll put out a, a, a weed killer. But they don't know that you got to do a second round of that. Same thing when you're trying to kill bugs, whether it's chinch bugs or um, uh, 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 grubs. Sometimes it requires more than one treatment. So for your weeds, Weed Beater Ultra, follow the instructions, check the temperature, make sure you're good to go there. And I promise you it will clean it up a lot. If you did put out your pre-emergent herbicide and you timed it correctly and you did it when you should in that window, come spring, you should be fighting a lot less weeds. You're still going to have some, but you should be fighting a lot less weeds. And if you didn't do it like me, you're going to be fighting a shit ton of weeds. So the weeds you're fighting now, VB, are from the spring and the summer. Not from now, just so you're clear. Uh, he said, thank you, very appreciated. No worries. Uh, Demana said, my dad showed me that used motor oil works best against weeds. No. I mean, my dad did that too, but don't do that. Don't. That's terrible for the environment. Jesus, don't do that. Uh, leaving work early, boss is clocking us out at 4.30. That's dope, dude. Congrats, Fidel. All right, so we have some Lonsock questions in the queue, just a couple of them. Wallace at a question at what temperature do we stop watering so you never stop watering your lawn even though your lawn goes dormant it still needs some water it's just that in the winter especially down here it doesn't require as much water normally you want your lawn to get an inch of water every week no matter what winter spring summer or fall but you can get away with, you know what, if it only gets a half inch every 10 days, 12 days, you're probably going to be okay, especially when it's dormant. I don't tend to water a whole lot in the in the winter um, because it's not hot. It's not it's not dry. And uh, the water, the rain that we do get is usually about enough. Now, you just got to really eye it too, Wallace. It's it's real simple. Uh, if you're not having any other issues with your lawn and it's just going dormant, just check it. Just go see. Is it is it not growing at all? You should get a little bit of growth in the winter, not a lot. But to me, if you've gone two weeks with no water on your lawn, even in the winter, it's probably best to at least get a half inch on the lawn. At least. But, you know, you'll, you should get enough rain and so forth uh, for the most part. To make up for that but yeah, you still have to water some uh but it's a good question it's a very good question joe pro lawn talk does slow release fertilizer feed weeds oh yeah oh yeah yeah fertilizer isn't selective in that it's only going to feed the grass so slow release fertilizer is going to feed weeds but the difference is that this is why you need to prevent those weed seeds from germinating in the first place and if you can think of think of like a, a pre-emergent herbicide as almost like a, an invisible barrier in your soil. That's why I love praying for your flower beds. But if you put this stuff out, it's almost like it creates this layer. When the seed hits, it doesn't allow it to germinate and then grow. So the seed just dies where it is. No weed. 
But if that seed hits and germinates and then you fertilize and you put a bunch of nutrients in the soil, it's also growing in the soil. So it's going to benefit from that as well. The great thing is, is that usually if your lawn is healthy, I'm getting way too much lawn talk. This is probably, let's see, have I driven everybody off that? Oh, it's not too bad. Okay. The, the, the crazy thing is, is if your lawn is healthy, if you have a healthy St. Augustine lawn and it's tall because you mow tall, then those seeds don't get enough sunlight to germinate. Even if you miss some of your pre-emergent herbicides, a healthy lawn is the best, uh, is the best preventer of weeds, mowing tall, watering all the time, fertilizing all the time. Having a healthy lawn is the best, absolute best way to prevent weeds. Because that St. Augustine will choke the weed out if it starts to develop. It doesn't get enough sunlight. The weeds can't germinate. It's so thick that it's crowded itself out. Then you do your pre-emergence and what little weeds do make it uh, or what little seeds might make it to the ground and germinate are gone. So good to go. Uh, So there you go. I think that's it. Sandoval said, love this. Good. Phoebe said, this must explain my mushrooms too. Uh, um, no, the mushrooms are a good thing. That means you have a lot of organic material in your soil. If you ever see mushrooms or fungus in your flower beds, it's not a bad thing. That just means you have organic soil, real organic. If I can't eat it, it's all weeds. You can't, y'all can have the St. Augustine in Bermuda. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Jose said, I eat my weeds, picking wild spinach and tea. Really? No chemicals in my yard. I grow corn, melon, beans. I want my kids to be able to do the same. That's kind of dope, Jose. Very cool. Uh, Paul said, sorry, Barry, for the questions. I'm sure you already covered the... There we go. But what do you think about headset gate? So let's talk about it. Because I talked about this on the show yesterday. And then, of course, I have to go watch everybody laud and applaud all the radio talking heads afterwards. Oh, this is a great point. So, what I said yesterday is, if your head coach is so bad and so inept that you need to be in his ear telling him what to do, why don't you just be the head coach? If you're not going to let him do his job, if he's got to if he's got to have you and Romeo Cornell, and by you I mean Nick Casario, if he's got to have Nick Casario and Romeo Cornell in his ear, coaching him up on timeouts, coaching him up on going for it on fourth down, why have him as a head coach? Just either go put Romeo Cornell down there as your head coach, or you be the head coach. But what this is, this is a classic example of a scapegoat. That's all this is. David Culley is just Bo Porter in football. That's all it is. And that's the analogy I came up with, and I'll stand by it. David Culley is Bo Porter for the Houston Astros. That's all this is. He's going to get up through the rebuild. The team's going to suck. He's going to be the scapegoat. No one expects him to win. He's not going to win. He's not good at his job. He should have never been a manager or a head coach to begin with. But that's the perfect person for a control freak like Nick Casario. The perfect kind of person. Because that's what this is about. This Texans organization 
has been littered with control freaks. And that's part of the reason why this organization sucks so bad. So does it surprise me that David Coley has has somebody in his ear like Nick Casario and Romeo Cornell telling him what to do? No, because they knew when they hired him that he didn't know what he was doing. So it doesn't surprise me. It's it's sad. It's sad. It's demoralizing. But I I can't say I'm surprised. It's a shit show. The whole organization is a shit show. So anyone that's surprised by that hasn't been paying attention. But it, it's it's part of the reason why why they're a laughing stock. Uh, Paul said, "So who do you think will lead the field for the next head coach after this year, or most likely after next?" Well, some people have said that oh, it makes sense to keep Coley around to be the scapegoat. Well, he's already going to do that, and you've got to time the head coaching right with the rebuild. Um. I think part of the problem, I mean, we all know Easterby is part of the problem. And then people are out here touting Nick Casario's first draft as being a success. Are we really going to say that with a team that's two and has two wins under their belt or three wins under their belt? This is a success. I mean, you realize they won four games last year with Deshaun Watson. And maybe that's your point. I know. Could you imagine without? Well, they're, they're going to do almost that without. This isn't a successful franchise. Nothing they're doing is successful. If you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you win four games and he wants out, what what part of that is a success? None of it. I think what this team has to do is, one, own the fact. If, if you want to fix the Texans, and that's not, I know what this conversation was supposed to be, but that's kind of what you're asking when you say, so who do you think will lead the field for the next head coach? How do you fix this? That's the question that's being asked. How do you fix the Houston Texans? Well, you're not going to be able to convince Cal McNair to sell the team. So that's part of the problem. If you really want to fix this, one, you need new ownership. They are inept at what they're doing. They cannot get out of their own way. But let's just say for one second, Cal McNair decides, you know what? Enough's enough. I've got to get out of the way. I'm just causing more problems. I'm going to clean house and start over. So what he needs to do, what he needs to do is one, get rid of Jack Easterby. Two, get rid of David Coley. Three, get rid of Nick Casario. Get rid of all the coaches on staff. Hire one person that he believes in and has faith in to come in and rebuild the organization. That includes scouting. That includes the draft team. That includes everything. You wipe all of that out. You have to start over. But this piecemeal and this bullshit, it's not working. The problem and the reason they're here is because they gave the keys to the kingdom to Bill O'Brien and he absolutely made a a, a mess of the whole organization along with Cal and Jack Easterby. And now you're trying to hang on to some of these parts and put, 
If you want to fix the Texans and it sucks, you wipe it all out. What is this Russian-ass bullshit? Get the fuck out of here. You weirdo. Uh, how do you block? Put user in timeout. That's how you, you, you have to basically start over. You have to start over. But you've got to find that right person that you trust to rebuild the organization. And now I'll, I'll, these are not names that they're going to get, per se, Paul. But but what you need is a you need a GM and a VP of operations or whatever. Like Belichick, like um, Bill Parcells, guys that come in are respected, have skins on the wall and a pedigree, aren't going to take your shit as an owner. They're not going to be yes men. They're football guys. They have been and coached and, and, and managed at every level of football in their career. That's what you have to do. You can't go out and get Jack fucking Easterby. And Nick Casario, who was basically doing the bidding of Bill Belichick. Cool. Maybe he learned something. But in an organ that look, Nick Casario, if you sent him to LA, to the Rams or to the Chargers or to the Raiders or some of these established organizations that aren't a complete dumpster fire and run like a massive shithole, Nick Casario would be a great fit. He's not a fit here. He's he's too far advanced for this organization right now. He doesn't fit. Because he's pretty good at what he does. This team is not there yet. Because they've still got all these shitty ass pieces around him. You literally have to start at the top. Cal's like, well, can't fire the owner. But everybody's gone. I bring in one guy that I trust to rebuild the organization foundationally from the ground up. And I and I trust them to do it. And I listen to people in the business. Not a fucking consulting firm people in the business that know this that have done this and it can be done watch what happens in Jacksonville watch what happens Shad Khan is a good enough owner to know that he screwed up with the Urban Meyer he was trying to make a splash and do something but watch what happens a guy like Shad Khan I believe is going to go out and do the right things just keep an eye on it. Uh, VB said, need to give an open check to Ozzie Newsom. Perfect example. Great idea. Ozzie, this is your franchise. Have it. Let's talk about the Astros for a second as another comparison. They basically bring in Jeff Luno and Reed Ryan and go, fix it. Jim Crane buys it. He guts the whole fucking thing that, that, that has been built. Fix it. And those two guys put in the foundation, scouting, all of that, managerial, coaches. I mean, that's how you fix this. Paul said, good enough owner, the Jags are more of a dumpster fire than the Texans. I, I, I would just say because of their coach. The Jags have actually had, I think, more success in spurts than, than the Texans. 
feel like, especially early with the Tom Coughlin era, the Jags. I mean, the Mark Brunell era and the MJD, Keenan McCardell. I feel like they had, man, they're both equally shitty, though. What's up, John? Every Houston team has basically done the ex- done this except the Texans, and they're all either fun to watch or becoming fun to watch. Texans look even worse now. Yeah. So that's that's what you do. This is, you don't fix this with a head coach. You don't fix this with a head coach. I mean, honestly, and you know, and and as much as I don't like the dude, I literally sell Fire Easterby shirts. But firing Jack Easterby is not going to fix the Texans. It's just not. Oh my gosh, the spam in the chat today is ridiculous. Why do we, uh, where's the mods at? There we go. Thank you, Jeremy. Much appreciated. Uh, Jags went to a conference championship. May have been 20 years ago or so. Oh. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, but I'm still 100% fire Easter week. Still. Uh, I feel like I missed some. Brandon Cooks has COVID. I haven't seen that. That would uh, literally their best player. So. It wouldn't surprise me if they're like, hey, man, Brandon Cooks went off the other day. Uh, somebody go blow some COVID in his face. We're trying to get a draft pick over here. <laughs> Settle down, Jack. We suck enough. We'll be fine. We're definitely going to get a top three to five pick. Chris Reyes said uh, Podbean mods are better than YouTube mods. I mean, I mean, we've seen some shit go down on the Podbeans. Man, fuck the Texans. Let's do more lawn talking shots. Okay, let's do shots. I'm down for shots. Uh, got some fireball to drink. Let's do some shots. Bloop, 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 bloop. So really, uh, we have to wait to see what Casario can get for Deshaun Watson in his first real gig, his first real ja- draft. Let me let me tell you something, Paul. I I, I appreciate the sentiment in that regard. But let me ask you a question, Paul, when it comes to the Texans. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that Nick Casario did the right thing by bringing in David Culley? Was that the best move for this organization? Let's just start with that move. (laughs) What did Chris say? Oh, he's just talking about the no mods on today. Moves like that, like you just literally asked, uh, people are perplexed about headset gate, uh, the, the the headset issue, right? Like, why is he? That tells you that this isn't the right guy because he's doing this weird wishy washy shit. It it tells me what I need to know. What's up, Jesus? What's up, Mark? Are you leaving? Love you, buddy. Happy holidays to you. But the fact that Nick Casario thinks that it's okay to have a situation where his head coach. 
He's in his head coach's ear with the ability to tell him how to manage games. Tells me all I need to know about Nick Casario. We just got rid of as a fan base. I say we. As a fan base watching this team, we just got rid of a control freak in Bill O'Brien who ran this organization into the ground. And all you did now was replace him with another control freak in Nick Casario. And if you don't think he's a control freak, then why is he on the headset with the head coach of an NFL football team? Well, because the head coach is stupid. Then why did he hire him? Well, because he wanted someone he could boss around. So he's a control freak. This is bad news. And Nick Casario may be a great evaluator of talent and drafter. He, he very, may very well be that guy. But he could suck at a lot of other places and this team never be better for it. Uh, Paul said they're in tank mode. It's going to work out just fine. We'll see. We'll see. Because, man, you can fuck up those draft picks and really set your franchise back big time. As the other part, that's a great point, Dandy Dan. Really got to try to get away from this whole... I mean, you bring in... Uh, how many how many former Patriots did Nick Casario bring in? He brought in um, the two white boys. Right? Uh, Burkhead and uh, uh, Edelman. No. Uh... What was his name? Was it Edelman? Whatever. The two white boys. Dude, stop it. Stop it. I keep threatening to do this shot. I'm going to do it. One more point I want to make, and then we'll move on. Amendola. That's what it was. Amendola. Thank you. That that was his solutions? Amendola and Rex Burkhead? Really? This team lacks identity. This team lacks an identity. They, they're, 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 and, and trying to be another franchise has been a detriment to this team the entire time. And they can say they're not trying to be the Patriots of the South all they want, but every personnel you move, you make, you bring in former Patriots. You're trying to be the Patriots of the South. Jack Easterby, Nick Casario, Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell, Mike Vrabel, Amendola, Rex Burke, all of these guys are former Patriots and none of it has worked. None of it. They have got to get their own identity. And this is why I say you have got to start over. And if we're uh, using a name from the chat that was already thrown out there, what better way to do that than to say, all right, I don't give a fuck what happens from this point forward. Everybody's gone. This is Cal McNair talking. Everybody's out. Ozzy, it's your franchise. I believe in you. No Patriots. Go forth and prosper. That's it. That's it. Do it. Amos said, I heard Lance and John playing something this morning about Nick doing something similar in New England. And again, I talked about this yesterday. You guys are so far behind with these radio cats. I talked about this yesterday. Nick Casario had a headset directly to Bill Belichick. This is a thing. John McClain is the one that wrote that. But the difference was Nick Casario wasn't in the ear of Bill Belichick telling him what to do and how to handle timeouts. The reason that Nick Casario had a headset was so he could listen 
to what Bill Belichick and how he managed the game, the things that he said and worked with his coaches, so that when it came time to personnel decisions, who, by the way, were made by Bill Belichick, not Nick Casario. Bill Belichick was over him in the org chart. But when he went to him and said, hey, Nick, I want a new receiver, as you heard last week when I was on the phone with the OC, yada, yada, yada. Now you know why I want to go out and get this guy or that guy or the other guy. So it was all informative. It was not directive. That's why he had a headset. So he could at least get some examples of in-game situations that pertain to demands for personnel. Huge difference as opposed to, hey, uh, maybe you should call a timeout. P.P. Dub Dub said, when Rick Smith was here, they were the Broncos of the South. They've never had their own identity. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why this team is a shithole. That's why this team is a shithole. Walter Belichick said Nick was very involved doing games on his headset, so I'm guessing he's figuring it worked well with Bill, so why not the Texans? But he, go read the article that he wrote. Very involved just means he's listening in. He wasn't telling him what to do. He literally said that. It was a one-way communication. It was a one-way communication. I'll find the, I'll find the article. Hold on. I mean, John McClain wrote the damn thing. I literally had it in yesterday's rundown. Let me see. Yesterday's rundown. Mm. Uh, Nick Casario, David Coley regularly communicate during games. Right here. As McClain, I'm going to put this on the screen. Right here, Chrome resize scenes. Doop, boop, boop, doop, boop. Let me see. Where's my damn? Oh, desktop cache. There it is. Okay, so uh, zoom out. So this was the article that I was referencing yesterday when talking about this, and as you can see right here. As McLean noted when he reported that Casario would have a headset, Casario did that in New England with coach Bill Belichick. The difference, a source with knowledge of the dynamics in New England explains it to PFT, is that Belichick wanted Casario to have a headset in order to better understand the decisions made during games and the connection between the issues arising in games and the ongoing search for the right players. Casario did not have the headset to speak, but to listen. In Houston, Coley isn't the one who implemented this approach. Casario did. And Casario uses it to speak, not to listen. That's a big difference. As you knew this, he knew this. Hey, I want to hire a guy who don't know what he's doing. He can be my puppet. I can control shit because I'm a control freak. That's what's happening. And that's going to be continue to be the downfall of this team. And then again, it all starts with Cal McNair. He's the guy calling the shots, and he's the one He's the one picking these egomaniacs to run the organization. You guys can't hear that, but I, I just bounced it off the thing. Cheers to you all. I owe you shots, so here's a shot. Boom. <sighs> Basic white girl shot. <clears throat> I don't owe you five shots, Sandoval. I'm not doing five shots. No way. What does this say? Paul said that is directly 
that directly contradicts what Bill said. Hmm. Find the audio, not the article. What are you talking about? Yup, no mic for Casario in New England. This was audio, not a written article. Well, I just showed you where they referenced John McClain and a reference close to it. I don't know. So we have conflicting sources. What I'm going off of is what I read that McLean reported and a source with knowledge of the dynamics in New England explained to pro football talk. Wallace well, said you're on vacation, B. What's five shots? I still got to write a script tonight. I got to. No. No way, Jose. Uh, all right. So we didn't. I really wanted to get to this. Not a not belabor the point. <clears throat> what they played was from Bill's mouth. Well, what'd he say? <laughs> McLean also said Deshaun was traded by the deadline. Well, what did he say? I haven't heard the audio. All I'm going off of is that. What did Bill say? Because Bill can also be a walking contradiction as well. Um, so is he, did Bill say with his own mouth and words, you love drunk Barry? Well, that, oh yeah, I used to talk with Nick Casario all the time in game. Or did he say, yeah, Nick and I used to, Nick used to give me coaching advice in game. Cause there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Even if Nick could talk, there's a difference between, hey, Nick, you see why we got to get a, 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 a better slot corner? Yeah, I totally see that, Bill. Cool. I'm going to go back to the game. As opposed to, hey, Bill, I think you should use some timeouts here right now. If that is the case, call me flabbergasted. Holy fuck. Seriously. He said Casario was call, was, was call out the opposing defenses and personnel moves in game. So he was being a spotter, but he wasn't he wasn't coaching the team. But okay. Still, that seems that seems odd to me. Some people say drunk B is funnier. Hey, fuck you. Kiss my ass, Wallace. Getting drunk and promising Christmas gifts on Call of Duty today. No, 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 no. Not doing that. No. That was a, that was a fun time. Back in the day. Uh, no, not definitely not promising Christmas gifts to anybody. Not at all. Not at all. Um, real quick, let's move on. So, first time nominees for the Basketball Hall of Fame that is out. I, I always want to say NBA Hall of Fame, but it is not the NBA Hall of Fame. It is the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Which, by the way, I saw a tweet yesterday. They said that uh, yesterday or the day before was the was when the the 130th anniversary of Naismith inventing basketball, and he invented it because there was a bunch of unruly kids at the YMCA, and they wanted him to come up with a game. And the original ball had laces on it. What? Super weird. So your first time nominees for the Basketball Hall of Fame include Manu Ginobili, Tom Chambers, and Lindsey Whalen. If you're asking me, and I know you're not, if you're asking me, should Manu Ginobili, Manu, Manu, what is it? Is it Manu or Manu? I guess it depends on where you're from. If you're from Texas, it's Manu. Manu Ginobili. If you're from Europe, it's like Manu. Hello, Manu. Oh, Manu. That was a beautiful shot. 
I think he should be it. I don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But when you're one of the core three guys instrumental in a dynasty that was the Spurs, you should probably be in the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of guys in the Basketball Hall of Fame that shouldn't be there. Manu Ginobili won't be on that list. He shouldn't be on that list. He should be in there. Wait, what? What do you mean, watch it? I'm saying he should be in. Um. Yeah, so those three. Now there's some others that were also on the list already. Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton, Sean Marion, Tim Hardaway, Muggsy Bogues, Mark Jackson, Swin Cash, Becky Hammond, George Carl, and Bob Huggins. I mean, of the list of the NBA players that you see, Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton, Sean Marion, Tim Hardaway, Muggsy Bogues, Mark Jackson... I don't think Mark Jackson is a Hall of Famer. I just don't. 10,000 assists, cool. I don't think Muggsy Bogues is a Hall of Famer. Does that make me a bad person? But Muggsy Bogues was 5'3". Who gives a shit? Manu Ball was 7'7". He's not a Hall of Famer. If you can't be a Hall of Famer just because you're tall, you can't be a Hall of Famer just because you're short. You have to have done something material in the game to make it to the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Cool. It's not the Hall of Progressive. It's not the Hall of Oh Neat. It's the Hall of Fame. Being 5'3 isn't fame. It's neat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Sean Marion's in the Hall of Ugly Shots. That's true. So back to this list. I don't put Mark Jackson in. I don't, and I'm sure Walt is going to lose his shit at some of this. If White Magic was here, he'd really lose his shit. KD's not here. Is House here? House probably bailed. I don't put Mark Jackson in the Hall of Fame. I'm not, I'm not putting Muggsy Bogues in the Hall of Fame. Tim Hardaway. <sighs> the Hall of Meat. Uh, Sean Marion, no. Richard Hamilton. I mean, look, there's two names on this list that I'm... Chauncey Billups should be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm just talking NBA guys because I'm not going to sit here and even pretend like I can comment on WNBA players. Oh, I'll tell you what. Swin Cash, boy, she sure had a neat layup. I don't know. Boy, her chest passes were so crisp. Chef's kiss amazing. I couldn't tell you about the WNBA players. I don't know. I know I love me some Becky Hammond. I love me some Becky Hammond, so if we're going to put her on, great. Would love that. I'm a stan. George Carl, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. Bob Huggins, definitely a Hall of Fame coach. Couldn't tell you about Swin Cash. No, I'll pass on Jackson and Muggsy and Sean and Richard. So it comes down to Chauncey and Tim. And we've already talked about the fact that, yeah, Manu's in. Tom Chambers is not. Whatever you want to say about Lindsey Whalen, I'll accept. But Chauncey Billups should be in the Hall of Fame. Tim Hardaway, I don't know. Now, there was an article that I saw on this that had their credentials. So let me read you their credentials. Let me just read you before you guys start, you know, "Ah, that's a stupid take. Let's just read the credentials of these folks and discuss... 
Uh-oh. Whether this is Hall of Fame worthy. All right. Ginobili, I think, is he was the 57th overall pick in the 99 draft, went on to become one of the best international basketball players of all time, uh, an inventive guard with a distinctive style, blah, 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 popularized the Euro step. Okay. Tom Chambers was a four-time All-Star. Played on six teams. So he bounced around. Five seasons with the Supersonics and Suns. Okay. Chauncey Billups was a five-time All-Star, a three-time All-NBA selection, Finals MVP and a 2004 NBA champion with the Detroit Pistons. Richard Hamilton was a three-time All-Star and a member of the 2004 Championship Pistons. Sean Marion was a four-time All-Star and a member of the 2011 Championship Dallas Mavericks. Because, yeah, when you think that Mavericks championship, you definitely think Sean Marion. Tim Hardaway was a five-time NBA All-Star and a five-time All-NBA selection. No championships. Bugsy Bogues, this is what they list. A 14-year NBA veteran who was the smallest player ever at 5'3". Well, whoop the shit! Hall of Neat! Congratulations! Mark Jackson was an all-star in 89 who is one of six players to record 10,000 assists. Great, you're good at passing. Congratulations, you're in the Hall of Passes. You get a Hall Pass. Get out of here. I don't even know that Hardaway's resume is that impressive. Five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. Five-time All-NBA is pretty cool. I mean, if they only put Chauncey Chauncey Billups in from this list, I'd be fine with it. Maybe it just had kind of a crush on Tim Hardaway. I don't know. Now that I think about it, Tim Hardaway's not a Hall of Famer. I changed my mind. I get the right to change my mind. I changed my mind. Manu Ginobili. Chauncey Billups, George Carl, Bob Huggins, Becky Hammond. No more NBA players. I'll leave it up to somebody else to do the WNBA stuff. Agree or disagree, chat? How crazy am I? Uh, UTEP two-step. Robert Ori. What? Neat layup. Okay. Uh, Mark Jackson gets in on the Craig B. Joe exception. Good for a long time. Okay, where's Walt? How come Walt? Walt, I know you're driving right now. Pull over. I want your opinion on this. I was really hoping you would chime in on this so we could have some good discourse and some back and forth. I need Walt to argue. There's Walt. Okay. Uh, I don't even know I had the opportunity to be a professional basketball player at 5'3", says Shelby. Yeah, and you know what, Shelby? All you got to do is have a stupid name like Muggsy Bogues. And be short and just run around. I'm just, I'm just passing the ball. What's up, Flip? Tim, Tim Hardaway win an MVP at the MTV Rock and Jock in 95. Well, if that doesn't get you in, what the hell will? Uh, and Paul has a good point. Paul's dominating the chat right now. It's all right. Good shit, Paul. None of these players... Paul said, none of these players were all were ever or even perennial all-stars, probably none top five of their position, Hall of Average players. I mean, Chauncey was cold back in the day, though. I think we forget, but Chauncey was cold with it. Chauncey was one of those guys where you were like, he wasn't, he didn't get the superstar credit. Maybe because he played in Detroit. I mean, they did, they did win a championship. 
Now, I would I would agree with you that um, what's his name? The other dude, Richard Hamilton. Nah, fam. Hall of Average. Um, Shelby, <laughs> Virginia, when we said, Shelby, put on your 2022 vision board. I'm 5'3, let me in. I'm 5'3, let me in, let me play. So Sandoval says he agrees with me. Okay. Yeah, Shelby's got a neat layup. Neat. Super neat. Um, okay. Muggsy gets my vote. Stand next to Short Brothers. What? Oh, well, of course Fidel would say that. Of course, of course Fidel wants Muggsy in the Hall of Fame. They make us bust out of Play-Doh. Sorry, kid. Get out of here. <laughs> what? Oh, that's funny, Fidel. That's good shit. Um, so Walt said, I agree with everyone you've said except Mark Jackson. And I changed my mind. Oh, you said Mark should be in. He'll get in because he's combined career of NCAA and NBA. And that is true. They do take into account college, I think. Well, that's why Bob Huggins is in. Now, and I will say this. Well, I think there's a difference between saying he doesn't deserve to be in. And yeah, I'll probably get in. Because that's true. I mean, hell, for that matter, Tim Hardaway will probably get in. I don't think he should now that I've talked it out, but yeah. Walt said Tim's one of my favorite players, but I don't think he's done enough. He was fun to watch, though. Boy, oh boy, was he fun to watch. Uh, Cece said, I'm a little triggered that you say no to Timmy. Really? So you're, you're triggered that I said no to Tim Hardaway in the Hall of Fame? After so I changed my mind. Like I was like, yeah, and then I'm like, no. I mean, that means he's borderline. So he says I have two Tim Hardaway rookie cards with two different birth dates. Guess which one is from DH Gate? <laughs> Very nice. I like. <laughs> Shelby said, "Have you seen the length of these arms? I could have been great. You totally could have. You'd have been a big. You have your holding two balls. Okay." Demona said Bill Ambeer should be in the Hall of Fame. Shut up, Demona. Joe Dumars equals Tim Hardaway. Don't you? No. 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 Dumars was better. Joe Dumars was better. Dumars was way better. Let's see. Joe Dumars stats. Let's see. Stats. Now let's do Tim Hardaway stats. Wasn't he on Run TMC? Wasn't that Tim Hardaway? It was. Who was Run TMC? It was Run TMC. Why am I forgetting? Yeah, Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Mullen. That's right. I couldn't. Why? Why I was blanking on Mullen? I couldn't remember him. But if you're one-third of a nicknamed trio, it's pretty good. Uh, so Tim Hardaway, career numbers. Average 17.7 points a game, three rebounds a game, eight assists per game. Shot 35% from three-point range and 43% field goal shooter. 
Joe Dumar, 16 points a game. Shot 38% from three-point range, 46% from the field. And they are kind of close to being equal. Two rebounds a game, four assists, almost a steal a game. It's a pretty good comparison. Let's see, steals a game. So Hardaway had 1.6 steals a game. That's pretty good. 8.2 assists a game. So, yeah, a little better. I would have thought Joe Dumars' numbers would have been better. Interesting. Less assists, less steals, less rebounds. Not that you're looking at Hardaway or Dumars for rebounds. Okay. More points a game. How is Tim Hardaway? Wow. Whoa, Barry. Yeah, that surprises me. Flip. Well done, buddy. Someone did their research. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, I don't have Joe Dumars' numbers memorized or Tim Hardaway's. Tim Hardaway actually had better numbers than Joe Dumars. Also, do we know that Joe Dumars is the chief strategy officer for the Sacramento Kings? What? 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 Well, there's your answer. If Joe Dumars is in, Tim Hardaway's in. Like it or not. <laughs> Although, let's see, career highlights. Let me find Tim Hardaway's wiki because that's always a good Tim Hardaway wiki. So here's the career differences between the two. So this is Hardaway. Five-time All-Star, All-NBA first team, three-time All-NBA second team, All-NBA third team once, NBA All-Rookie first team. The He won a Naismith Award. He was the WAC Player of the Year, first team All-WAC. So it's basically All-Stars and NBA first team. Joe Dumars. Two NBA champs, finals MVP, six-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA second team, two-time All-NBA third team. So he doesn't have an All-NBA first team. All-NBA defense four times, first team. NBA All-Defense second team. NBA All-Rookie first team. Uh, won a sportsmanship award. And, yeah. Oh, also executive of the year, 2003. Suck on that, Timmy. So I think career highlights and awards-wise, better career numbers the same. I think the championships might be a big difference, a big differentiator between the two. Dumar is a part of that nasty Pistons squad. Dirt, dirty Pistons squad. Every Detroit team is nasty, dirty. Even if they're not that nasty, dirty. They're still nasty, dirty. Uh, oh, thank you for deleting the bullshit Russian. Hey, if you're from Russia, fuck you. Okay, just so, just so aggressive. So aggressive. Let's do another shot. We got 15 minutes left in the year, folks. What'd I miss? What'd I miss? Did I miss anything? Got all my sports headlines. Greatest Aggies NBA Basketball Hall of Fame. Oh, shit. Almost forgot. Nope, that's not it. Guys, it's a Whisker Wednesday. <laughs> well, Barry's now going to be hacked. Don't give a shit. It's Whisker Wednesday. And Special Pals brings you Whisker Wednesday. 
every single Wednesday. And I have two amazingly adorable adoptable animals for you, courtesy of Special Pals. They're open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 to 4 p.m. for adoptions. And all of the animals at Special Pals comes, and, and this is not just dogs and cats. It's gophers, honey badgers, whatever you adopt from them. They come fully vaccinated, microchipped, spayed or neutered, and up-to-date on their flea and heartworm prevention medications. The adoption fees range from $80 to $250. And for more info, including to be able to see all of the preciously amazing animals that they have available, just visit specialpals.org. That's specialpals.org. The first, the first Whisker Wednesday uh, animal that I have for you is Toffee. It's not the holidays without a little toffee in your stocking. <laughs> Three-year-old toffee is ready to go in her own built-in pair of white socks. Look at that. She's got on white socks. So what a cutie. She's a little kitty lady with a big heart and a playful personality. Uh, you're going to love you some toffee. Go check her out. Specialpals.org is the website. She needs a home and you need a kitty in your life. Go get toffee. All right. Also, I have Randy for you to look at this cutie. Look at that. Baby boy Randy is looking just dandy. Randy and his siblings were found all by themselves and bottle fed from about two weeks old. Look at him. He's so cute. Two months later, Randy loves people and loves being held. We think he'll be a tiny guy his whole life, but not more than 20 pounds as an adult. That is Randy and Toffee. And you should go adopt them by visiting specialpals.org. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 to 4 p.m. Every animal you adopt from there, fully vaccinated, microchipped, spayed, or neutered, up-to-date on their flea and heartworm preventions, and the adoption fees range from $80 to $250, again, to go visit specialpals.org, doing great things for animals in the community. All right, there's your Whisker Wednesday. Here's another shot for you folks. We've got 15 minutes left. I got to pee, but I'm not going to finish this 15. I got to pee. And really, I could hold it. Like, I could totes hold it. But I owe you guys something. So I'm going to go pee. Those of you that are still with me for the remainder of 2021, which is about 15 to 20 minutes, you hang out. I'm going to pee. I'll be back. We'll wrap this bad boy up and I'll see you in 2022. Stick around. This is Barry on deck. I'm your host, Barry Laminac. Maybe you can find something to do during the break.
Yeah, muted the mic. Of course, we got to end on a technical issue. Ah, uh, oh my god, I hate this mute button so much. So, with ten minutes left in the show, uh, John said that's embarrassing. Oh, John, are you new to the program? This happens literally all the time. Like literally all the time. Um. But I promised you guys we'd sit on the corner and do some dope before the show was over. So good thing I had to pee. Good thing I had to pee. And with 10 minutes left, this shot is for you guys that are still here. And I don't just mean today. This shot is for you guys that are still here from when this all started back in May of 2020. Uh, I had no idea what I was in for. I had no idea what this would become. This is episode 391. We've done this 391 times. And I really hope we get to do it 391 more times. Uh, I don't know if it'll be here or on Twitch, or at 10 o'clock in the morning, or at 7 o'clock at night. I don't know yet. But what I know is that with you guys in my corner, I can't fail. You won't let me. And I am so appreciative of that. You guys really have no idea. Um, but I'm trying to, and, and this is the God's honest truth. Every day I do this show, every time I make a decision for this show, I feel like I don't just owe it to myself, but I owe it to everybody that's supporting me. Like if it wasn't for you, if this was just a casual show where maybe you just showed up and watched, I probably would have quit it, right? Like a podcast. I would have just been like, eh, no one's listening or very few are listening. So I'm just going to quit it. So I want to tell you that thank you for making me uh, do this. Thank you for forcing me to try to provide you with a good show. Sometimes you like it. Sometimes you don't. I get it. Sometimes it's a good show. Sometimes it's not. I understand, but I, I want you to know that I really do try to make this fun and entertaining and a place for us to get together and hang out. Uh, I'm looking forward to 2022. I hope that it is a wonderful year for all of you. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. I hope that you spend some time with your families. I hope that you're safe. I hope that you recharge your batteries. I hope that I know, and I know a lot of you are going through a lot of shit right now. And I hope that improves for you. But I just want you to know, and I mean this individually and collectively. I value you. I appreciate you and I love you. Cheers. Mm. Oh, yep. <clears throat> Chris said I've met some lifelong friends here. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, I'm starting my vacation. I do love y'all, man. Uh, Matt said, fuck, I'm going to pull a berry and cry. No, don't cry. 
I love you, buddy. I love you, Terrence. I really do, man. Sandoval said, day one OG, my dog. I do, Sandoval. Merry Christmas. Have a safe new year. I will see you guys January 4th, I think. That first Monday. I love you, Shelby. I love you all. Seriously. From the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Now I'm going to get some rest and some planning done. See y'all next year. And until next year. Do my read, but that's okay. Do me three favors. Be safe. Be kind. And most important, love each other. See y'all next year.